Hey, good morning. It's Patricia Murphy. It's Wednesday. This is Seattle Now. What happens when ChatGPT does your homework? That's what educators are figuring out now that the text generating technology is online. Teachers are talking about how to help students use it responsibly. West Seattle High School English Chair Kira Hopkins is here to explain. But first, let's get you caught up. A poll from the Washington Safe and Healthy Coalition says 49% of Washington's healthcare workers surveyed plan to quit within the next few years. King 5 reports of the 1,200 workers in the survey, 79% also say they feel somewhat to very burned out, and 45% say they feel unsafe on the job. If you're wondering why healthcare workers want to leave the profession, more than half of those surveyed cited short staffing and low pay. Seattle voters keep an eye out for democracy vouchers. Those blue slips of paper are worth $25 each. You can direct it to your local campaign. But you've got to do the work this time. No one's coming to collect them from you. A recent change means campaigns can no longer pay people to collect the vouchers. Allegedly, some paid gatherers weren't clearly identifying themselves or the candidates they worked for, which led to the change. And California Senator Dianne Feinstein announced her pending retirement on Tuesday. That means Washington Senator Patty Murray will become the longest-serving woman in the Senate and the third-longest-serving senator. Murray won the title of Senate President Pro Tem, typically given to the party's senior senator after Feinstein declined to run for the position in December. Last month, Seattle Public Schools blocked ChatGPT over concerns it was a tool that could be used to enable cheating. UW linguistics professor Emily M. Bender says ChatGPT is a language model that can generate text in response to users' questions. What does language model mean? That is a computer program that has been designed to capture the way that words co-occur in text. And when I say in text, I mean lots and lots and lots of text and just repeatedly guess what the next word is. What's the next word? And then it compares its guess to what the actual next word was, and it adjusts its what's called parameters based on the ways in which it was wrong until it becomes really good for making plausible-sounding English text. Teachers across the region are quickly educating themselves on ChatGPT and the ways it could disrupt learning. ChatGPT can write coherent-sounding language, and Bender says students need to think critically to differentiate between authentic sources and artificially generated text. We want to be able to not just interpret the information, but situate it. Where is this coming from? And over time, sort of learn which sources are reliable and not. And that's a really important function of education. But I think what we need to do is actually teach students how to recognize synthetic text and how to recognize what's missing in it. Teachers are used to managing technology in the classroom, and ChatGPT is one of several sites that's blocked on school devices by the district. Kira Hopkins is the English department chair at West Seattle High School. She's here to talk about ChatGPT and how it affects her teaching and her students' learning. Kira, really appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Teachers see a lot every day in their jobs and technology adds another layer. ChatGPT has had a lot of potential uses. What was your first reaction when you heard about it? So yeah, my first reaction was, oh, we have this 
new thing to contend with. It's both a technology that's exciting to learn about and also, you know, as a writing teacher is another thing to contend with in terms of potential plagiarism or cheating or just avoiding work. And so I think in general, though, that teachers I've been talking to have had an open mind about it. We've played around with it. We're interested to see what it can do as a tool. It sounds like the inevitability of this is forcing you to figure out either how to use it or get around it in your classroom. Tell me about how you and the other teachers played around with it and what that looked like. So, for example, um, a colleague of mine created just like a talking piece for our classes and for our students using ChatGPT. And so he just kind of plugged in questions like, what is ChatGPT? And like got the answer and kind of screenshotted it and we could put it up for, for students. And then, you know, we asked, why would you not want to use it in place of, you know, like your own work in English class or even any other class? I've used it myself to see what it can do in terms of lesson plans. I'm going to teach a speech and debate lesson unit that I haven't really taught before. So I was like, let's see what ChatGPT can do for me. You know, it was kind of predictable, but it did give sort of a nice set of objectives and kind of like a nice structure. Like I kind of immediately walked away thinking, well, you know, there's a couple maybe interesting things in terms of uh, what I could use, but I'm, I'm probably still going to use my own, you know, resources and colleagues and that sort of thing. Let's talk a little bit about the different ways chat GPT could be used by students. I would imagine there are both positive and negative ways that this could factor into someone's education. What are teachers watching for, though, when it comes to chat GPT? Yeah, teachers are definitely wary of the use of kind of using it in place of your own work. And I've had an instance where I wasn't sure. And the main thing is like, if you have the relationship with the student, you kind of already know what their writing sounds like. And I also know what a robot sounds like. So if they turn something in and I'm like, wow, these are perfect transitions, perfect, you know, counter argument things. Those are all things that students have to learn by doing. Uh, you know, there are some AI detectors out there that teachers are able to use, but they're also not completely reliable, you know, and they do have warnings of like, hey, if you, you know, use this, be be careful in, you know, talking to a student about the results. And I actually put a student's paragraph into one resource like that and got one result. It's mostly likely written by uh, artificial intelligence. And I put the same into another one and they said it's most likely written by a human. So it's not reliable to use those sources and they're still kind of in development. But on the positive side, we have been talking among uh, department chairs in the Seattle School District about positive ways we could use it as a tool. And students can certainly access it on their own devices and home computers. But, you know, one idea is to, you know, use it as a writing aid and you could generate ideas for research topics or questions or ideas, possibly, if, especially students who are, you know, English language learners, they could definitely use it for, you know, hey, can you take this piece of writing and ask for feedback on the grammar and, and the sentence construction. That's a really interesting example. You know, in multiple subjects, you can use it as your own, you know, tutor. You can get a review of content, have students create questions about, for example, a poem or other text, 
see what chat GPT will give you and then critique the AI response and see what they gave back to you. Because part of looking at the AI is sort of humorous. It's a robot talking to you. And the way that it presents the information is sort of like, oh, you know, that's kind of funny the way that they said that. How old are your students, Kira? So I teach all seniors, 17, 18, and they're all, you know, writing their personal statements, getting ready to go into college next year. And, you know, they're very aware of this tool and other artificial intelligence. I mean, I asked my students the question, like, what do you think about this thing? And one of them was comparing it to if you have that tool in your car for, for parallel parking, like, why, why wouldn't you use that, you know? Really interesting. Another one said, hey, I could write a draft and critique it from there or like revise it from there. Or actually I had another student who actually put multiple samples of his own writing into ChatGPT and asked if they could generate a paper in that writing style. And you could not tell a difference between what they had you know, written and what the AI generator had done with their writing samples. Do you get the sense that your students find the benefits of ChatGPT because they want to do less work or they are just, their perspective is one that tells them technology can be helpful? I think these students are very much interested in what technology can do for them. And they've been raised this way. I have my own kids are using technology and finding creative ways to do their work. I think they are aware of what the tool can do for them. I think they are aware of kind of like the ethical ramifications of how it can be used to get out of their work. And of course, students will get overwhelmed. And that's usually when I see the kind of work avoidance or the kind of like, I just submitted this last minute because they got overwhelmed. But I, I really do think that students want to learn. I really do think that they have a genuine desire to improve their writing and improve their learning. Kira Hopkins, really appreciate you taking time. Thank you very much. Kara Hopkins is the chair of the West Seattle High School English Department. Thanks for listening to Seattle Now. Today's episode was produced by Jenny Cecil Moore. The show is also produced by Caroline Chamberlain Gomez, Claire McGrain, Brandy Fullwood, Brooklyn Jamerson Flowers, and Vaughn Jones. Matt Jorgensen does our theme music. Seattle Now and KUOW Public Radio are members of the NPR Network. It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows in the network wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Patricia Murphy. See you tomorrow. Thank you.